geeks beer with you or don't because that's unpopular. Hello and welcome back to Geek Orthodox. I'm Aaron. I'm Jared of Geek Heretics. And I was honestly a little worried you were going to say weeks be gith you. That was only in testing and that was just for funsies. I know, but I thought you were going to do it just for fun. I don't know. Anyway, today we are talking about some of our fandom-related unpopular opinions. And to do that, we've brought on a guest who wanted to be here and had some popular opinions of his own to share. Please welcome back, Jonathan. Hello, guys. I have opinions. Not all of them are popular. Congratulations! <laughs> yep. I have opinions. I live in Job, a, you have I li- opinion. I live in a society. Society doesn't always <laughs> like me. I don't always like society. That's how this works. That is indeed how it works. Good yep. job. So... How do we want to structure this? I guess you start because you're our guest and, and then we'll leave. just discuss each one and then we'll go around in a circle and then I have some I can read from the Discord. Yes, we have some fan submissions this episode. It's a good thing. <laughs> we should do that more often, honestly. Yep. Yeah, uh, one of the bigger reasons why I'm here is because I put some of my own unpopular opinions in the forum. So to, to not repeat... Um, I don't know what I want to lead off with. Someone come back to me, please. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Because starting with the guest is popular, we'll start out unpopularly. Aaron, give us one to All start right. on. So, this is one I was talking about the Discord, and was a point of contention. I believe that Frozen 2 has both better music and a better plot than Frozen 1. Ooh. Discuss. Disgust? Yes. With your no, wait, that's inside out. Never mind. <laughs> You're not wrong there, but hmm, this do be a conundrum. Like I can confirm that the plot of Frozen Two is better than the Kingdom Hearts Three section that included Frozen, because it's literally just the plot of the movie, and they did nothing original with it. Wow. I mean, they did that with a lot of other things, but at least they tried. I mean, one thing I will say is that it's very possible that watching Frozen so many times as a kid has left a just a, a better bad taste mark in your on mouth. me but i really do think that it's better but i think the argument for frozen over frozen 2 is that they do a better job with their individual characters and i think that's fair but the one point i will not concede on is the music the music is absolutely better like i wrote out a full comparison on discord one time it's like every song and its match and see which one's better mm. i'm like Almost every song in Frozen 2 is better than the one it matches up with in Frozen. Like, what does uh, the Lost in the Woods match up with? Uh, I'd probably say Fixer Upper. I mean, they were in the woods when they sang Fixer Upper. Exactly. But they weren't lost, technically, because Kristoff knew where they were. True. But I feel like that one's probably the most direct correlation. Like, Frozen Heart matches with All is Found... Something's Never Changed matches with... Uh, For the first time in yeah. forever. Love is an Open Door doesn't really have a match. So we're going to be fighting over um, In Summer and When I'm Older, because I sang In Summer and you sang and When, when I'm, I'm Older. <laughs> so there's going to be some intrinsic bias there. Yeah. I mean, I like When I'm Older better, but I could see... An I argu- feel like... I, there's a solid argument to be made for In Summer. Like, In Summer is a more ironic song overall than just the tongue-in-cheekness of the 
when you're older, everything yeah. makes sense. And I think it's kind of jabbing at the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Because even though they appear to have grown from the first plot experience, they still make some of the same mistakes. Jonathan, do you have any thoughts here on this particular debate? Or is debate? your um, no thoughts head empty? Because <laughs> that's um, how I usually live my life. So, like, Frozen was obviously... Even if you like it, you have to admit it was overhyped. Yeah. Even if you like it. It's because um, uh, Adele Dezim's Let It Go just really... <laughs> brought the popularity of that up to the point yeah. where everyone with a preschool or anyone under the age of fifth grade uh, i was gonna say uh, excuse me i was eight and i was addicted. anyone under the age i'm of not fifth ashamed grade, to say it it was popular that's gonna turn some people anyway off. as a as a trumpet player i was given musical arrangements for let it go and do you want to build a snowman and first time in forever so like oh uh the the soundtrack is it it's it's a part of our culture more than the movie um and even though i haven't really thought about frozen in years i still know its soundtrack decently well uh frozen 2 i've never seen the movie i've never oh. heard anyone sing the songs i've never heard the songs I really don't know anything about it. They're a little more difficult in some places. Yeah, I'll sing it for you real quick. <laughs> you will do no such thing. Save your voice. Yeah, really. Yeah, what do I need a voice for? It yells. Sigh. Ah! My voice teacher materializes behind me. Just to slap you in the face. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I'm. that's really all I have to say about that one. I just think, again, could be recency bias, could be it reverse might... nostalgia. but <laughs> Inverse nostalgia. Just, like, you receive burnout from watching the movie too many times I mean, yeah. and you can't come back to it. Like, they're both kind of, like, cheesy when it comes to plots and yeah. somewhat cliche. Hey, Jared, did you know that water has memory? No, I didn't. I'm completely shocked by this revelation. <laughs> if water has memory, then it must be inherently traumatized. Yeah. I can see it. Anyway, Jared, what do you got? Why did I just close my phone? I'm a fool. <laughs> Dame dane, dame yo, dame nano yo. All right. I'm not keeping that in. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy alert! You started singing after you told Aaron not to. I am a heretic. Very true. All right, so I'm not gonna start with one of the meme options I have. Okay. I'm going to give something that I have an honest opinion about, which is that (sighs) fan fiction gets a needlessly bad reputation. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of... Fanfiction or fanfiction.net? Like, the whole thing of fanfiction in general. I mean, okay. fanfic.net is just one site. I mean, while a site's inherent bias is not uh, exactly... Uh, doesn't exactly correlate to the quality of some of the things on its website, it's still a little... Yeah, okay. So I can relate to this a little bit. I don't write much fanfiction myself, but... I love to imagine what characters might do outside of the plot that they're in. And mm-hmm. a, as a hopeful prospective writer in the future, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I understand the desire to want to write story, but not have to make up the characters and world. Just borrow someone else's character and world. It helps to start out with a lot of references on to what characters would do in a certain situation. Yes. And... It helps you figure out what you disagree with and the what you would do with a certain character. Uh-huh. 
I know when I was younger, I would like, I had all of these superhero action figures, and they wouldn't always be superheroes. And I would like make role play stories with them, and they wouldn't always be superheroes. They could be Harry Potter characters, they could be Star Wars characters, just I mean, you based name on it. whatever you liked at the time. Exactly. And, and I would, I would do the same thing with Lego figures. Yeah, yeah. And what, so, whatever toys you have at the moment. <laughs> I am not anti fan fiction. I think it is a worthwhile use of time both for writing but in most cases i don't think it can compare to actual published books and then we get the revelation that something like 50 shades of gray managed to get published being a basically an edited fan fiction of twilight i said and then most. you just lose your a bit of your soul inside i said most right and like but like um this isn't exactly fan fiction but it operates in like a greater umbrella Mm -hmm. like you you have abridged works that Mm -hmm. let's just say most of them aren't supposed to be as good as the thing they're abridging uh some of them are actually but some but some of them are but like you know they're not trying to steal the revenue or one up the craftsmanship of a thing that made its way to tv they are in their own sphere and I do appreciate that for what it is. And they're passionate about the original source material, passionate about improving it and making it sometimes funnier. Just the entire fanworks umbrella yeah. gets somewhat of a bad rep from being for people who are just kind of like disparaging that people won't do their own things. But the truth is, it's incredibly difficult to come up with something that's original in this day and age when there's a whole lot of information around, a whole lot of misinformation around. A oh yeah, <laughs> a whole lot of yeah. just. Yeah, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one abridged, Sword Art Online abridged deserves to be on TV more than Sword Art Online. I think that's fair. That is a popular opinion. <laughs> Get off the show. That's against the rules. Against no. the rules. Damn. No, it's not. It's no, I think I, I think on. the popular opinion is Sword Art Online abridged is good, maybe even better. The unpopular opinion is get those guys a professional budget. <laughs> Get them a professional budget and let them write their original story. It would be hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might not be able to be on network television primetime, but like throw it on Adult Swim. It'll be great. I mean, like picture the reverse of Sword Art Online Abridged, which honestly did way more world building work to do uh, its production. If that was the feature production and Sword Art Online was the uh, knockoff, you know, think about how how much entertainment value there would be in the joke that is the bad guy's motivation. Why did you do all this? I don't know. I don't know. Seems legit. (laughs) 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 I mean, that sounds like the type of decision that was made in, well... By an abridged show, yeah. Yeah, by an abridged show with not enough time and maybe edited in your mother's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Shoutouts to that one other anime channel <laughs> hey. sorry if you got that reference but it was basically given to you so I, I don't actually shout just like say like out calmly out I didn't get it actually, uh, there, so there's, get out. Out. There, there's an actual YouTube channel called Mother's Basement uh, yeah he, he basically does stuff similar to what Gigek does but now that we've given you the reference you can no longer shout nor speak calmly just stay quiet the- 
So, Jonathan, do you have an unpopular opinion? Yeah, I'll go with a non-popular opinion. Mm. So, I have nothing against the advantage-slash-disadvantage system in 5e of D&D, but I think it's too simplistic. I prefer the uh, bonuses and penalties features of earlier versions. Earlier versions of D&D. Yes. Um... As a catch-all, just universal game function, it's great. It works very well. It works all over the board. I just think it's too simple. Um, I mean, one thing that could be said for 5e yes. is that it's more suitable for new players. Yeah. So having a catch-all reference that will let you just do another roll of and take the top one, or yeah. do two rolls and take the worst one. It's simpler, yes, but it's easier for new players to grasp. But I can see the cons that you're mentioning, because mm-hmm. once you get to a mathematical level where you're ready to try D&D on a, I guess, more nuanced scale than having penalties and bonuses that lets you do things, that lets you do more things for, mm-hmm. you get more bang for your buck, essentially. Yeah. Henry, what were you saying? Um, yeah, I, I should point out for those who don't know, as a person, I like information overload. I deliberately try and learn complex things and try to absorb lots of information in a short period of time. That's just what I like to do. And so I like peering through the third edition slash Pathfinder edition because they're the same thing mm-hmm. for like bonuses and advance well not game advantage is not the advantage um right right and working around that stuff i i liked the advantage disadvantage system when i played but i can see what you're talking no remind me because it's been a while since i've played an uh-huh. earlier edition like third what is the bonuses and that kind of system, system. in a nutshell so so basically uh instead of rolling the die twice and picking the better one or worse one if you've been disadvantaged in some mm-hmm. way um every every time you roll the die is a circumstance and you get circumstantial bonuses or penalties to your one die roll um like let's just take milo for example milo is one mm, of my original characters that might have some bias because it's good at a lot of things <laughs> yeah milo has um point blank attack or i forget its name but when when he is using a ranged weapon within a 30 feet radius he gets plus one to the die roll but if this were uh fifth just looking at the book saying oh look he has uh this point blank feature you would probably say you know he gets to roll the die twice the thing is, um, this stacks with so many other things, like the proficiency bonus that you add to just about everything you're proficient with, which is mm-hmm. a lot of things, especially for a physical uh, class like a barbarian. <laughs> you know, uh, my I remade Milo in 5th Ed because I have friends that play 5th. 5th um, mm-hmm. Ed Milo will attack with, a let's just say, a sword. He rolls the die. He is proficient with that sword, so he adds his plus two bonus at lower levels. He adds his strength modifier because strength is important. Mm-hmm. And then 
that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Third edition Milo, instead of this proficiency, which gets added to everything, in third edition, there's this thing called your base attack bonus. Every character has this. Fighters and barbarians have more of it than everyone else at lower levels. Right. But uh, you roll your die, you add your strength, then you add your base attack bonus, which at level one for a barbarian is plus one. Most of the non-physical classes have plus zero, and then they get their plus one at level two, and it escalates from there. But then, you know, say that sword is masterworked, that's another plus one. Uh, he has size advantages, that's another plus one. That plus four to the die goes a long way. And at that level, you may get more out of having two die rolls, but if I switch back to melee... Sorry, if I switch back to range, because he has a lot of dexterity, and mm -hmm. the the uh, bonus within a certain radius, and a throwing bonus, and a bonus for a magical throwing weapon, and, you know, at, the, at this point, you know, I can hit with a 9, I can hit with a 6 maybe, mm -hmm. and I'd rather just keep all those bonuses. That's fair. So it becomes a question of starting off with a simpler thing and then gradually decaying over time or getting a little more erratic bonuses starting out, but stacking to become exponentially stronger over time. Yeah. So yeah, it's a trade-off, but I yeah. can see why you would say it's unpopular because a lot of people don't get into the nuance of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, not really. All right. People who are invested in the series. So I'm going to throw out one and... I'm still not entirely sure if I 100% believe this. Oh boy. Like It is my opinion, but I'm going back and forth. So I'm just going to throw it out there that Zaheer is the best villain in Avatar. I told you earlier that you're going to need to define best. On what criteria do you rate him the best over some of the other villains in the series? I mean, just like, most interesting. Most interesting, most powerful. Oh, yes, most... yes. I just double checked because I'm still watching Korra, like present tense. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I, I knew that name. I knew he was a villain. Didn't have his face associated to mm -hmm. the name. Got that it, makes got sense. It. Yeah, I I really liked season three of Korra because they had an interesting villain. <laughs> yeah, mm. and it's just like we see his motivations. Which is something I feel like we really don't see with Azula. We see her descent into madness, mm -hmm. but we never really see her motivations as a villain other than her father told her to. Uh, and madness is a motivation, but it I'm would sorry. be it would be cooler if she had something and madness instead of just madness. The way I see it is that she's extremely talented and no one's really ever told her no before. Well, right, but she's also a princess. Her motivations are tied in, are to anchored. The crown, yeah. Yeah, her motivations are anchored to the other villain. <laughs> this is valid. Personally, when I was watching Zaheer do things, I was at this point where I personally think it, it actually would be better for the world as a world if there wasn't an avatar. So I'm like, guys, will you stop making the bad guy the best person? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a meme on Instagram. It's like, 
when you're listening to Zaheer's speech and it actually makes a lot of sense. Oh no, he's got a point. Yeah, no, no. Let him speak. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why why are you booing? I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> they hated Zaheer because he told the truth. But, I mean, could he beat Azula is an open question. Could he beat Azula at her prime is an open question. It depends whether you count Sosin's Comet as prime because I don't think she so. was mad. But, like, in her mental prime. Like, are we counting her prime as having Komodo Rhinos, Tylee, and May? <laughs> no. Just, like, her alone at her, like, from Crossroads of Destiny. So, here's an interesting thought. Zaheer never reached his prime on screen. He had his airbending for all of, like, a month. A season, yeah. Yeah, like, what if he actually had a year off screen? As a time skip. I think he would be basically and functionally unbeatable at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. he would have understood... He already understood the theory behind airbending. But uh-huh. would he have understood flight? Because that adds to his prime has so many more <clears throat> options in combat. I mean, it depends on if Pelea died. <laughs> Biggest of oobs. Yeah. I've seen but... a meme that said uh, the finale of Korra really was mind-blowing. Season three is probably a terrible person. I think he is by far the most sympathetic villain, in because the way the story progresses around him, it shows that he gets things done. He genuinely believes what he's doing is right, mm-hmm. even if it's morally reprehensible by the usual standards of the society. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too far into politics, so I'm just gonna give myself a firm cut off. Um, I'm not fully into anarchism, which Zaheer is, mm-hmm. um, but I'm willing to listen to anarchists. Over time, I think they have pretty interesting points. Uh, I'm not agreeing with them, but one of the far extremes of my personal sphere is I do think no political borders might make the world better. Um, I, I think... soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it I think it I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Europe has 50 countries. Like it doesn't need that. There are 54 countries in Africa and like Africa's much bigger. There is room for a culture to say, "Look at this Chad. It means like this this is our lake. We do things around this lake." And in Europe they go, "Look at the Rhine. It's a river." We fight our enemy on this river because there are so many different countries packed into not enough space. And also we fight them on the Isonzo. Yes. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> Several times. Way too hard. They really probably Good should have denied Isonzo. they did that. <laughs> yeah. One thing like, I will give to anarchists is that they're good at pointing out the flaws in government <laughs> and where it needs to improve. Yeah. Because they're opposed to it, they know exactly where to hit that needs the most correction. Yeah, if Europe was just Europa, uh, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be in space. I, I, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> um, if if Zahir erased political borders, like, give him the Nobel right now. <laughs> the- <laughs> there I- is something to be said for trying to govern a rather large landmass at once. It's easier to lose control. It's the Roman Empire fallacy. Or any empire fallacy. Hashtag minor deets. It's the Europe we're talking about, so Roman Empire made the most sense. 
Nice coming, Genghis. <laughs> I bet that will last a long time. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old Bill Words. Jared, do you have an unpopular opinion for us? I'm sure it's unpopular on what I'm on the f- platform I'm going to talk about. So I'll just get. I've talked about this a little before on the relationships episode, so I'm going to rephrase it now. Tumblr ship culture is a lot more toxic than it needs to be. That's obviously tied into certain fandoms where they fight about, like, ship wars have been a thing since, like, the dawn of Love oh, yeah. Triangles. But Tumblr is where things get a little disparaging. Tumblr and Twitter and a lot of places where people can share social media fandom insights. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much experience with Tumblr, but... I don't either, but I've done some research. <laughs> By research, I, I mean to watch why? videos about it. <laughs> I thought you just meant, like, you'd done research into Tumblr, and it's just like, should I ask why? It feels like Tumblr, at this current point in time that we are recording this, is just a collective place where people either show a lot of, like, puns and jokes and one-off comments on fandoms they enjoy, or they just put, like, a full effort into a blog on things that on strong opinions that are either well-informed or terribly uninformed. Obviously, that's extremes, but that's the impression that is formed. Yeah, and back to the actual point of my unpopular opinion. Is People Tumblr just, a fandom? That's that's a whole host of questions I want to delve into <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but it, I guess it ties back into a bigger problem, is that Civil discussions are basically non-existent on social media. You could have just left it at civil discussions are basically non-existent. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but I wanted to try and narrow it down no, to social they, media. They exist, though. They're, they exist in Canada. Because I, <laughs> I was on Twitter once, and I saw a Canadian tweet. Uh, it was like a reply tweet, and he said, mm-hmm. I did not like this. I hope someone else likes it, though. That's so wholesome. What the hell? <laughs> not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hope like you made content i hope you get likes but i did not like it i'm like whoa who is this person <laughs> is it possible to learn this power <laughs> all right so jonathan i guess it's back to you or didn't he for our next selection yeah yeah i had a thought just trying to remember it uh, Dramatic I gasp. I could always throw one at you from the list. Franz? Uh, if you want to go into the list, that's fine. Not yet. I think we each have like a one more point to do. No, I mean, I can throw one at you fr- that you submitted. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Howl's Moving Castle? Okay. Um, so, th- this is just kind of the, the thought of the family. Because my dad has collected all the Ghibli movies. Oh, nice. I just we remember most of them, but we're mm-hmm. missing on a lot yeah. of the non Miyazakis. Yeah, I just remembered the unpopular opinion I was gonna say, but we can circle back to that. Yep. Yeah, you can um, do it too for if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'll write it down just so I don't forget about it a second time. That sounds like a good plan. No memories, head angry. Yeah, okay, I don't know. so um, it's kind of the thought of the family because my dad owns all Ghibli, um, but. I personally only saw How's Moving Castle all the way through one time in middle school, and eh, I don't get it. (laughs) 
Uh, that I don't feel like the story as a plot has a plot-related ending. It just kind of stops movieing at the end, mm-hmm. and like you, you didn't, you didn't dissolve the problems. Yeah, uh, and and I, I didn't even know that this was an unpopular opinion until I had friends over that said Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite of the bunch. But the what? <laughs> like, but you have so many other good choices. You have Mononoke, you have Kiki, you have Totoro, and you have Spirited Away, you have Castle in the Sky. Uh, How so do you latch onto Howl's? I was going to say, there are two Ghibli movies that I could tell you basically nothing about that I've seen. Okay. Which are Nausicaa and Howl's Moving Castle. I don't think I've seen Nausicaa all the way through. I was you tired that day and fell asleep part way uh, through. Nausicaa is like pre-Castle in the Sky. It's kind of like the blueprint work. It's also technically predating Studio Ghibli. It's like their... It's Studio Ghibli's pilot project before they got like their name and funding. Is that a pun? I know there's some flying. Um, It's not supposed to be a pun, but it is <laughs> also a pun. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's a post-apocalypse story. That's what Nausicaa is. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Castle in the Sky is a bit more fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. I have, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I feel like it is, but I don't know. I feel like My Neighbor Totoro is the best Ghibli movie. It's definitely the, one of the feels goodiest. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's maybe wholesome. not in terms of story. But I think it is just the best all around. It is very wholesome and perhaps yeah. one of the most relatable Ghibli movies. And appealable to any audience. Yeah. It does have a lot of the, a great appeal. Castle in the Sky you can't really watch with young chil- like young, young children. That's um, valid. I will point out that Kiki might have better appeal because it is, at least in part, more uh, classic <laughs> buildings Roman than yeah, coming of age story. Right, but Kiki has again doesn't have as much appeal with the young young children. Well, there's there's, sure? there's a there's a little witch girl flying around. <laughs> sure. I mean, you don't have giant fluffy huggable Totoro, but you do have cute animal cat. familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kiki was actually the first Ghibli movie that I saw that I remember. I'm pretty sure I've seen Totoro so, first. Mine was I, Spirited oh, Away. Actually, yeah. So I watched Spirited Away, and I forgot about that. There's that I also couldn't tell you a single thing about Spirited Away. I need to watch it again. I watched it when I was like seven or eight, and I'm like, this is so weird, and never watched it again. Yeah, um, I've seen Spirited Away a few times, but I'm definitely overdue to rewatch it. I think uh, it's overhyped, but I also need to rewatch oh, it. Oh, so. well, it's it's the only uh, Eastern animation film ever that won Best Picture, Best Animated Picture. Oh, okay. So, like, of course it's overhyped. It has that on its resume. <laughs> but the animation is beautiful. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is definitely an unpopular opinion, and I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I'm pretty sure you don't own it, but mm. Porco Rosso is one of my favorite Ghibli movies because... I have seen uh, we it. We do own it, I think. Oh, okay. But I don't know if I've seen it. <laughs> I have, and I... I do remember liking it. Like, it, it's set in a fictional version of non-fictional 30s Italy, uh... And it's, it's, um, it's a former Italian, like, military pilot back in World War One, 
fending off against like sky pirates in the sky uh, mm-hmm. as a Which young teen a cool concept yeah as a young with. teen i just fell in love with that you know what else is very good is the wind rises yeah that movie made me cry i don't cry at things but it definitely made me sad all right, quick, I've noticed that one. I get a lot more emotional when the music is also sad, mm. and The Wind Rises just punches you in the gut with its score. So how about we do one more each with like some in-depth discussion, and then we can speed run. Okay. And then we'll do some from the form. So uh, the one I was going to go with is Philosopher's Stone is the best Harry Potter movie. Yeah, I feel like... Um... They don't have expectations to uphold because there are none yet. Mm-hmm. And, and so they don't get in their own way in that movie. They, yeah. they introduce the elements of fantasy. They allow things to breathe and to be marveled at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I see it. It's, and it's to be fair, a very good one. It is the shortest book. So there is more of a chance to adapt the source text. Mm-hmm. It's also a lot less dark, just not only by form of plot, but also by form of how it was shot. Yeah, because that is definitely a problem that later Harry Potter movies suffer from. They they're suffering from DC syndrome around book five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, book six is when it really I mean, starts. Warner Bros. is making the movies around the end of the run. They've got their mind on DC. <laughs> True. Not incorrect, but also this is all saying because yeah, like in five. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't really suffer from that problem. You know, we get the scenes with um, Fred and George and Umbridge, and that is in like they use bright colors a lot. And then in six and seven and eight, it's very dark. Yeah. <laughs> and it it does kind of take it take away from the movie. Mm-hmm. So, Excuse me. yeah, I just think. And it's the most whimsical. That movie feels like Harry Potter. It feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that. I mean, and with a lot the of most, these... It has the most Oliver Wood in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not incorrect. <laughs> I think also getting introduced to these concepts for the first time on the silver screen, it leaves a better impression than repeating a lot of the same story beats. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? You're okay. a lizard, Harry. <laughs> Speaks parcel tongue. No, that's Look, next one. Look, it's Eddie Harry. <laughs> I might have to link that Dairy video. Queen lizard, Harry. I might have to link that video in the reference list. <laughs> yeah, Jared, what do you got? All right. I talked, I tied those two together, so we can talk about the separation of art and artists nowadays. Okay. This is not only an unpopular opinion. What is it with you in politics? But a controversial one because... Because of cancel culture, a lot of things are getting looked at with, I guess, more more clinical outlook that's basically decrying a work because their author's a terrible person. I can understand the desire to boycott something because the one who authored it is doesn't agree with you i get that but trying to deny that what was written was acceptable in its time is not basically a good uh, strategy in my opinion let's get some discussion before i finish that because here's my thinking if let's say the person who created it has 
not even questionable views, just objectively bad views, <laughs> like, against an entire group of people. It is within your right to do what you see fit about that. If you want to get rid of all of your merchandise related to that author or creator, great. If you want to never buy something from them again, great. If you want to keep on enjoying what they make, that's fine. My rule is as long as you accept that what they believe is bad, you can still enjoy the product they make. I think more of my problem comes from when you're trying to convince like convince other people to give something up. I think I know what going you're going on different parallels. I but... think you're trying to say is like you don't like it when someone is taking away from your enjoyment of something because of because they disagree because they don't like who made it. That falls under that spectrum and it's also just a matter of trying to force your own morality on someone else who may yeah. not believe in the same things. And like, you know, I have a few friends who are like, "Oh, Walt Disney was this horrible person." And I'm like, Okay, but he still pioneered animation as we know it. And to be fair, a lot of the founding fathers of this country were slave owners. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're not exactly built on a house that's not made of glass. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Jonathan, where do you stand on all this? Or where do you sit down because it's more comfortable? Yeah, we're all sitting, so. I'm not entirely sure, and part of this is because of Jared's delivery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I agree with That's you. I did tough. not do a great job of explaining my point of view thoroughly. I think it comes down to... Let me try one last time. Relax, it's, have a drink with me. <laughs> it comes down to having the personal choice of what to do free of bias from either side. Because it's it's not great to be ignorant of a scenario, but if you are, that means you don't have the approval of either side. So it's... Try and get both sides of a situation before reacting to it. I am... I'm losing myself. So... Watch TV, they told me. True. I don't know the actual song, so that's just the one that I know. When when you first opened up with separating creator from content... Creation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, thank you specifically said art from artist, but that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I... I was not on the same page that we were talking about um, content that isn't specifically a political campaign. Mm. Like, let, let's take Peter Pan, for example. The mm. people that can afford to go watch movies aren't going to be uh, offended that there is a name-dropped Redskin because that's just where society stood at the time. Mm. Um, but if they... If a content creator who is a bad person in 2021 made that scene again, they know they're fighting an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But they made, hypothetically, they made it anyway because they're not great people. And yeah, I, I, I thought that's what you were talking about, but yeah, that, that isn't. We so. could definitely could still talk about that because... It does kind of hurt to see someone who goes against your morality succeed despite that. It's, it's the belief in a just world fallacy I know mm-hmm. talked about in the... I mean, I know... I'm just going to throw out an example. Classes. I know J.K. Rowling created a lot of controversy last summer uh-huh. with her views. And 
I am on a pretty big Discord server that has a very large Harry Potter fan base, and so there was a very widespread reaction. You know, some people were like, some people were okay with what she was saying. Some people were like, you know, I disagree with what she's saying, but I'm still going to enjoy Harry Potter. Some people were like, I'm not going to buy anything else from her. And some people were like, oh, I'm giving away all of my Harry Potter merchandise. See, that last move, like, as a fan of sports, I see many people online burn their jerseys. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because you've already paid for the thing. Yeah. What you what you do with it is your prerogative, but you're not changing anything. You're not getting your mm-hmm. money back. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's making a statement that just ends up echoing in its own chamber forever. Here's my point of view. It's like, you know, I disagree with what J.K. Rowling's saying, but I'm still going to watch the Fantastic Beast movies if they ever come out. They probably one, won't. I'm stubborn, and I want to see how it ends. And two, two, my money doesn't matter either way. My $8 movie ticket isn't <laughs> going to matter. And three, you know, even if I get... I'm not going to get rid of all of my Harry Potter merch because it means something to me. It was part of my life. And no matter what she says, that Harry Potter is still going to be a part of my life. But yeah, I just think... Do what you want at the end of the day. If you believe that getting rid of all of your stuff will make you feel better about that be my guest but let other people believe what they want to believe and sure. do what they want to do so Jonathan give us one more and then right. let's speed run through so, the rest of them in my opinion anime in English has a higher ceiling for entertainment and I'm not just talking about like constantly looking at the bottom of the screen where none of the interesting animation is I right. mean like uh, to use Ghibli, for example, because we talked about that a bit earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Ghibli's distribution in America is handled by Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. In Ponyo, they had Tina Fey and Betty White in the production. And, I didn't know they you had know, Betty White. Yeah, she played one of the old ladies. <laughs> I know uh, Mark Hamill was in Castle in the Sky. Uh-huh. Um... But like you don't you don't need to just do a listers too. Um, yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z abridged was the first like abridged production to match up dialogue with the lip flapping. Um, mm. And since then, the anime production industry in America has been mixed on that. I've seen some anime where the uh, the script rewords things to fit the lip flappings. And I've seen some anime where they go in and tweak the lip the flapping lip to, to fit the, the script. script. Uh, <laughs> and both are interesting. Both have been correct. Both have been incorrect in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, both have valid... Uh, both are valid yeah. options given the adaptation circumstances. Yeah, and, and that's just it. Like... For an adaptation, as an English speaker, I feel like uh, a really when when an English dub is as good as it can be, it's not just the Japanese translated script. I think that for my entertainment, uh, the these people they aren't just paid to record voices. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to be an armchair critic, but. <laughs> <laughs> but rather someone that wants to do this on my own later. Indeed. So, 
one thing for me is like I will always choose to watch a dubbed version over a subbed version. Same. Because I just think it's much easier to watch and pay attention to. Because I don't have to have my eyes fixated on the screen 100% of the time. Uh Uh-huh. And this is somewhat related, but I was watching a YouTube video. They're talking about a Swedish author, Friedrich Bachmann. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he writes in Swedish and whoever works with him to translate it into English is able to preserve the integrity of the text in such a way that it can still pack the emotional punch that it would in the original language. That's uh-huh. an ideal way to do things though because sometimes I don't think a lot of adap- adapters from one language to another get the uh, praise they deserve. Yes, but also they don't get the opportunity to work with the original author in a lot of cases. Yeah. So I just think... have to work on what they know of the source material. And I think anime fans are still scarred from the low budget productions of the nineties. Ghost uh, stories. <laughs> That's great though. Well well no, Ghost Stories was specifically different <laughs> because It's satirical almost in a way. Yeah, well, it it is supposed to be satirical. I mean the, like, uh, if you think about it, the entire way it's produced is a satire of the no, but, like, um, some people don't trust, like, the dubs to make any sense or sound good because of, oh, I don't know, Sailor Moon dub, Oof. 1995. Uh, that... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you know, things really are different now. There Absolutely. Are... <laughs> but, yeah, like, there there could be a show that just doesn't make the connection to its original character. But in my experience, those are few and far between these days. And sometimes they go in entirely different directions with the character that make them a little more interesting. Sometimes a little less true, but that's what happens. You can't exactly preserve everything, or it's just a direct port. Hence my initial statement that anime in English has a higher ceiling. Of enjoyment. Yeah, I can see that. Alright, so I'm just going to run down my list real quick and say everything I haven't said, and you can just give some quick reactions. So, uh, Avengers 1, best Marvel movie. Moana and Tangle are the best Disney movies. Heroes of Olympus is better than Percy Jackson. And Force Awakens is the second best Star Wars movie, only under Empire Strikes Back. Um, we need to tackle those individually. Alright, so let's start, let's start with top. Avengers 1 is the best Marvel movie. My top three list is that one, Guardians of the Galaxy... And whichever Iron Man movie is my favorite in the moment. <laughs> I gotta throw a Thor Ragnarok in there. He's yeah, hilarious. I agree. I like the comedic aspect of Marvel sometimes yeah. more than the action I just part. think Avengers has such a great blend of action and drama and character work. And hilarity. And comedy, well, yeah. I will argue that maybe they used to. Um... Because, like, this is the same problem that Ruby has. When the stakes are monumentally high, um, character clashes kind of become an annoyance. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, character choices are not allowed to matter when the stakes are fate of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Moana and Tango are the best Disney movies. Both the music... And the plot and the characters are just top-notch. And 
I think that goes the top of all live-action Disney movies and animated Disney movies. But you're fighting against, in music at least, you're fighting against a lot of Alan Menken masterpieces like Aladdin and Little Mermaid. Well, Tangled is Alan Menken. And Moana's Lin-Manuel Miranda. At least partially. Mostly, I think. But I could be wrong. I think he, he like, collaborated on all of the music, but... And he only sang in, like, one song? He sang in We Know The Way, yeah. But I know he wrote Shiny, even though he's not there. And I think he wrote You're Welcome. Maybe. Uh, Maybe it It has his touch on it. And probably did at least some uh, where we are, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. but Maybe even on uh, how far I'll go. Maybe. And I think Tangled is just phenomenal. I think it's hilarious. And it's a great story. Yeah, seems Tang- like a lot of, think of balanced movies that have a I lot do. of certain aspects, and that's... Tangled is 10 out of 9. <laughs> like... It's 8 plus um, out of 10. <laughs> um, Unironically this time. Shoot, yeah. I just had an opinion. Oh, <clears throat> Do I really believe it? Yeah, I'm just going to say it. I think the Disney Renaissance is overhyped. Yeah, that's, I mean, they they really needed to get out of the funk that they were in in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and so and I'm not saying they're bad movies at all. No. They're all very good. I, it's I just think, a return you know, to form. Yeah, and like analyzing hype is always fascinating. It, it was a much needed turnaround, but yeah, um, and they, often the, uh, whiplash makes people like something more. Like if it goes from terrible quality to really, really good, that gets a lot more attention than uh-huh. just being consistently yeah, good. Yeah, if if something goes from like a four out of ten to an eight out of ten, people are more likely to remember it as a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And then. I'm just trying to go through these quickly. Uh, Here's Olympus is better than Percy Jackson. Um, hmm. More iconic, no, but yeah, it's the uh, I guess the uh, crossover. Exactly. That was done well. It gets a lot of elements from both original series, and blends them together in a way that doesn't feel out of place. Excuse me. It's why a lot of like crossover fan fictions you see often like focus on one world or another because blending them is a difficult job that's often thankless and very difficult yeah i just think the character work is done very well because you know in percy jackson we really only get to get into percy's head we don't really get i mean we get character development from like annabeth and grover but we don't really get into their characters as much as we do in here's olympus as well as character development of four like five new characters so i just think it's done very well it also benefits from that people already understand a lot about some, your mm-hmm. character so you can go more in depth without having it be out of place yeah that's also what fan fiction can do well yeah just to tie back to my earlier point yeah <laughs> you already know some about the characters so delving into depth on them is like makes people go hey mm-hmm. that's pretty good and the last one uh Force Awakens is the second best Star Wars movie. After the Empire. Empire is just fantastic. But I never watched the show. How was it? I don't know. What are your thoughts on Force Awakens? Meh. 
I just, it's, I don't know what it is, but I just really like Force Awakens. I think this might have to do with what Jonathan mentioned earlier. Because Revenge of the Sith, like, Phantom Menace is down here, Attack of the Clones is down here in your mind. Mm-hmm. So Revenge of the Sith goes up and then Force Awakens completes that. But I hadn't up. seen and the prequels. And it goes down after. But I didn't see the prequels before I saw Force Awakens. Interesting. I'd only seen the original trilogy. So that means you were a lot more focused on the antiquated side of things and less on the CGI. So when they went over on the CGI in a style that was familiar to you because of the Marvel movies, you might have become more attached to it. That's just a working theory, though. Maybe. Like, I can't explain why I like Force Awakens so much. I just really like Force Awakens. Like... Because they had a lot of potential with characters that could have been explored so well if it weren't for directors trying to punch each other in the face. That... And not even that. They were just kind of like cursing each other's families, their cows, dishonor <laughs> on them. I mean, Force Awakens unironically had the best lightsaber fight of the trilogy. which Wait, Of <laughs> that trilogy? Of that trilogy. Which is kind of a low blow because they never had two Force wielders to use lightsabers. Yes, they did. I mean, I don't count Untrained Ray, but you're allowed to. <laughs> I mean, Last Jedi... That sort of counts because that if they get one bit like on either side, like in between with the the fight against random the imperial uh, guards. random guards in between, and they're mainly just on each other's side until he goes join me and we together we can rule the galaxy and he's just like nah fam I'm out. <clears throat> Here's looking at you, kid. I mean, I really did like that scene in Last Jedi, but I guess you're right. It's not between two force wielders. Yeah. Also, that scene in The Last Jedi is a technical mess, and I don't like it as much as everyone else, yeah. uh, because there are too many Red Guards standing there and waiting their turn. That's it's, true. It's really jarring to my eyes. Interesting. Um, it makes them feel less like human opponents and more like mindless creatures that can't really yeah. do things. They can't really strategize as well. Yeah, it's like Kill Bill Volume 2. You can absolutely defeat the 80 guys if 76 of them stand and wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're anyone... strategizing. They're just waiting to waiting their turn. Yep. Like one of them's on his phone in the back. A couple guys are playing Rocky vs. Scissors. <laughs> so so it's actual kind of... knives. It's not very safe. But like, unlike the 80 guys, all the Red Guards in The Last Jedi are waiting around on screen. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd have to rewatch that scene, but it's also the uh, what is it? The inverse ninja fallacy. You can fight against 100 <laughs> regular ninjas, but you can only fight against one boss ninja with the same quality. Lol. Um, does anyone else have any more before we get into the? I might have a fan submitted. Yeah, I have a quick thought. Okay. Um, I personally don't think Marvel was ready for Endgame. Mm. I mean, Cause, like, if they had done more, I think it would have just become drawn out. I mean, like, they yeah, they Thanos for years. But also might have ended up with the uh, Return of the King's extended cut dilemma where they try and do too much. The movie just extends for so like, many hours that yeah. you're like falling asleep mentally by the end of it, even if you're awake. Like, have y'all seen Guardians Volume 2? Yes. You know how they tease Adam Warlock? Yes. Yeah, where was he, guys? I think we're What'd gonna, you do I'm with sure that? We're see him later. But like if, if if you read the Infinity War light novel, Adam Warlock was supposed to be the guy who actually goes toe to toe with Thanos. Yeah. Uh, you said they just gave <laughs> Carol an appearance because 
you know yeah, what? We can do this like, movie before Endgame comes out. Excellent. They, they they didn't actually introduce him. They just teased his introduction. The way I could see them using him now was maybe as a herald of Galactus if they bring that down. Yeah. Like I could see Galactus just collecting random powerful characters like Pokemon. Or he could show up in volume three. Pokemon champion Galactus wants to battle. Also, like <laughs> um Thanos's motivation to use the infinity gauntlet is uh weird yeah, uh, and i don't want to be weird flex but okay i, I don't want to be too comic head about this but like my god you butchered thanos there <laughs> i mean if we at i least mean saw i feel in... like they wanted to make it more interesting to the masses than he was in love with he's death. a simp with de- he's a simp for death <laughs> Which is weird when you think about it. Correct. But that's what the internet does to you. It makes you look at things through a strange telescopic lens. That's how we see each other all the time. <laughs> all the convoluted reasons. We pretend, we pretend to, to be, be uh, both orthodox, even when I'm really a heretic. That's a so, shout out. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yeah. So, Jared, what do you got? I may be dooming you all. Uh-oh. But Cookie Clicker is underrated, and y'all should totally <laughs> play it. Nope, I'm good. Next. See, that's the sane response, but actually do it. <laughs> I did for a while. Out. Next. Cast you out! It's like, I was watching this one Jimmy Fallon video. It was, uh, Obama settles it. And I don't remember what the, like, debate was. It was like, no. Next. <laughs> was it, like, uh, ketchup on mac and cheese? Ketchup on eggs, I think. Ketchup on eggs is an option. Like, I can see them being on an omelet, but ketchup on mac and cheese is just a no. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Straight up no. Jerry, what do you got? One, like, other, like, just preference I had is that, like, <clears throat> you can have, like, certain favorite flavors of ice cream depending on your mood. Like, people just generally have one generic favorite type of ice cream like people prefer chocolate over vanilla or whatever but my preference just changes suiting my mood like if i'm feeling like more maybe uh, aggressive that day i might take chocolate because it's deeper and richer but if i'm feeling just kind of nervous i might go for mint chocolate chip because it's less of a why would you ever flavor. go for mint chocolate chip excuse you that's apparently the unpopular opinion now i like mint chocolate chip <laughs> that is unpopular only to you no, mint chocolate chip isn't it. It is. Excuse you. Nope. Isn't it? We settled that. You did not. I did. No. You settled it in your mind, but I will still stew against you. This is the actual reason for the coup, everyone. I'm now revolting for the honor of mint chocolate chip ice cream. But you didn't print out wait, enough wait, pamphlets, wait, wait. so hardly anyone came. We're, I thought we're the dark side. We give cookies. Not anymore. Now you give mint chocolate, chocolate chip, chip ice cream. <laughs> See, we can add a... Amongst our dessert weaponry... <laughs> are such diverse flavors as... Cookies! Mint chocolate chip! Uh, 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 something else! And... <laughs> mint chocolate chip cookies! <laughs> and a striking red uniform. Oh, wait, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> fanatical devotion to the mint chocolate chip ice cream. Alright. So, I'm gonna The fanatical through... devotion to the popsicle. Hey! <laughs> I feel like there's some references I'm not getting here. How are you not getting that? What is that? Uh, the Something Spanish Inquisition. Uh, 
Well, well, well shout out if you uh, did not expect that reference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Now we can, like Aaron was saying, right. move towards yes, the. So yeah, gonna there are, through them. Um, I am not the only. I am not the only geek orthodox viewer that posted a opinion in the forum thing. So you are not. You are not. But yeah. I am going to read a couple of yours because that's just what I have. So, yes. from you, the Earth Kingdom would have been a better villain than the Fire Nation and Avatar: The Last Airbender. I do believe that. I can will we, can fight we on the hill. Imagine how terrifying it would be to face both King Bumi and Toph at once. No, that I, we would die. Everyone would be dead. <laughs> Cause like, like, I think we would have to embrace like <clears throat> the bloodbending to get any hope against them. Yeah, really. Like that could make an interesting Game of Thrones as political drama. In the Avatar universe. Yeah. Um. Let's see. From your brother Aaron, people aren't dying on hills often enough. I don't know what he's talking about. I do that all the time. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you I... do that, but it's unpopular because no one else chooses to die on that hill. Um, die on the hill of dying on hills. Hillception. From you, the Wii and Wii U are better than the Switch. Yeah. I, I the, might trim it down and I just say that the Wii is, is better than the, the Switch. Switch. Is better than the Wii U. Well, like, the thing, of, the thing about the Wii U is it's more homebrew friendly. Yeah. And that like, opens up a lot of doors. You are yeah. not mistaken. My thing with it's the... easier, for instance, to mod the Super Smash Brothers for Wii U yeah. than it is the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm-hmm. My thing with the Switch, like you can play Project M on the Wii U. So expensive, like the not only the console, but just the games are so expensive. Also, like in my own limited experience, the Wii, not the Wii U, the Switch has a unfortunate glitch where it will lose connection to the TV. And try and put the game on the little tablet screen. That's what happened to me. Yeah, like, Aaron and I completely lost a save of a Kirby game we were playing because of that problem. That's entirely Aaron stepping in, hey there, Radio Land. And, like, it wasn't a save, but just, like, it cut out. And then um, we were fighting King DD and Meta Knight at the same time. We just um, promptly lost. So, like, that was a bit of a point loss. It was a bit unfortunate, but... It don't it didn't happen too often, but it was it was sucky. That is unfortunate. Yeah, like, special guest Aaron, like everyone. An, it might be an HDMI <laughs> misinput thing. Yeah, I, can't I mean it, it could be. Why. It could be, but or it could just be a software glitch. It's entirely plausible. I don't know enough about this system. Yeah, but like, I could even see people saying that the DS, like the base form, like DS and DS Lite. Had a lot, a lot better library than the Switch or Wii U individually. Mm-hmm. Also, you know how the Switch tried to bring back motion control with arms. There's, I don't think about there, it much. There's, there's nothing about that that Wii Sports Resorts didn't do better. Yeah, that's entirely fair. It's also, I think, <laughs> fair enough to say that. They tried to make a new fighting game experience, but didn't entirely succeed. Or, or not arms. One two switch. That was the like uh, one two switch. Ga- That's the ga- game. That was the gaming thing. Then yeah, like hey, you can play ping pong with one two switch, guys. We already. <laughs> I was already doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, from you, the tripping mechanic in Brawl is fun. Yes. Um. I did not know that was a mechanic. <laughs> 
It's yeah, not that's a mechanic just... as much as it is a uh, Sakurai, please, why? <laughs> Heck, they even tried to bring back Wii Bowling with uh, Clubhouse Games 51. Yeah, and it, it doesn't have the animation of you throwing the ball backwards and everyone jumping wow! and spinning. So, like, it's already <laughs> dead to me. Point? Um, okay, but back back to being on the yeah. floor. You know how um, re- you recycling Smash 4 techniques. You know how if you get hit in the air or something, you can land on the ground? And then from there, you can do a bunch of things. You can roll back into the mm-hmm. back into standing up. You can attack from the ground to stand up you can just stand up you can jump mm-hmm. from the ground there there's actually an underrated variety of move sets from the lie down position and brawl gives you a bunch of random lie down positions but it doesn't take up that much time you're just on the ground and in less than a second you're back up again and because at lower levels brawl uh brawl matches are considerably lo- slower paced than melee or ultimate it's you may have a lot more time to react and use those effectively, except yeah. the highest levels because it's only yeah. Meta Knight, only Smashville. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say it's great, but it's fun. Yeah. That I will give you. It's definitely fun. Um, Although a bit, a bit <laughs> annoying when your combos interrupted by randomly tripping. <laughs> so yeah, from Jared actually. Uh, or guys, I'm sorry. This is actually from definitely not Jared. Uh, Same brain. They need to make more Pokemon movies in the style of Detective Pikachu. I feel like that's unpopular because as cheesy as it was, I genuinely enjoyed the Detective Pikachu movie. Just seeing all the little Easter eggs and references to the series as a whole. I feel like we need uh, something not in the same universe, but that does something else original with Pokemon series. I could see a Pokemon Conquest movie be really interesting. <laughs> it was a side game that's basically a crossover with Nobunaga's Ambition. It was supposed to be a Fire Emblem crossover, but the next ad is the last minute. Anyways, it's like one of the most tactical Pokemon series things, aside from some of the Mystery Dungeon levels. Uh, it's still recorded on my DVR. I'm still waiting to watch Detective Pikachu drunk with my half-brother. <laughs> That's, I think it's worth it. You'll get the most enjoyment out of it that way because yeah. it's cheesy as hell. Even but then, I, I think it's still it. even without being drunk. I think it's still fun. As a longtime fan of the series, it was fun for me. But someone less attached to Pokemon, I can see drunkenness being a necessary factor yeah. to enjoy <laughs> it. Um, also from Aaron, Attack on Titan really isn't a good manga anime. It was uh, part I, of I, the, I guess, the anime uprising <coughs> that started with. It becoming mainstream with things like SAO and Attack on Titan and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It started early enough as gir- with like things like Garen Lagan, but it hadn't really took off until like the early right. 2010s. Like there, there's something primal about not being on top of the food chain. There was something I really liked about the first season of Attack on Titan, despite Armin being an idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and like Aaron. Jaeger, not not you, Aaron. Or the other Aaron. Yeah. So many Aaron's, A- man. Yeah. E R I N, or no, E R E N. Yeah, E R E N. Aaron was like this one genetic anomaly, uh, and he could turn into a titan, and that gave humanity a chance to just survive. And I'm now they were being entirely overrun. Every, cool. literally everything 
I just said, except for Armin being an idiot, got thrown out. And Armin is still an idiot. Because, <laughs> like, no, humanity isn't reduced to a single city. And, by the way, there's a lot of fantasy elements in this show. And, um... The, uh, they started talking about great, about they tried Titan. to diversify, yes. and it really didn't work. You have to understand a bit of context. I'm the one who, um, actually read the manga. Um, after I saw season one, I went, um, I went to my uh, school library and found the manga and read them. And I was just left to wait, wait, what, what the, the heck, what, why, why, why? It's like, most info that, like, other people tell it comes from me because I read it and just collectively smacked my head each increasing chapter. Just like, why is there a titan hardening ability? Are, well, uh, why is there a titan now twice the size of the wall? Why are we getting Basically, to the yes. uh, basement six years later? Yeah, like, in the manga, not just the anime, uh, they still hadn't gotten into Eren's basement in 2019. And that so, was like, teased as early on as the first season. Yeah. The first few chapters. That was, that was teased in, like, 2013. And, like, <laughs> there, there was a giga joke. Hey, Dad, you know what's in the basement? Oh, yeah, it's go read the blank manga. Because <laughs> I'm trying to keep this PG. As am I. <laughs> But, but, like, not even the manga even addressed it. And then, of course, the, the news that we do find out that, like, this wasn't the last piece of humanity, I'm pretty sure they actually spoiled due to other supplemental content they made, like a Titan Titan before the fall and other stuff. And Yeah, yeah if you're going to have a mystery that you're going to hang on to for six years, don't spoil it with your own supplemental content. <laughs> So, I got two more here, and these are from Jake. I mean, people talk about the animation. So, he said, The Great Divide is not that bad of an episode. And I'll give it that it's not a bad Bluebell flavor. <laughs> um, and that Solo is underrated, and Alden, I'm not even going to try, it was a good Han Solo. Like, the portrayal of the basically hotshot... What franchise? What franchise uh, are we talking Wars. about with the Solo Great Divide? Star Wars story? No, the Great Divide. Oh, that's Avatar. Okay, I thought it was with the but... Zhangs and the Ganjins that don't agree on everything. Anything? Got it. Yeah, that episode was Wei fun. Jin yeah, I don't have much to say. It was a fun episode. Yeah. Solo. Like, the moral was the moral was silly because like, oh, I didn't know that. I just lied. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, Congrats. I mean, you're like, a rogue. You can you you fill your you fill your charisma check. You're good. I mean, like that is a way to resolve diplomatic struggles. Lying it's not through exactly your teeth. A, uh, morally uh, found way, but yeah. But like I mean, we, do, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, solo is underrated. Like I like it, solo. I thought it was better than Rogue One. Yeah, it's not fantastic, but it definitely didn't deserve to lose money. It's a high story. They're yeah. fun. It's fun. High it was pretty well considering what fun. it was in the troubled <laughs> production history with it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like Darth Maul in it, but it was not important to I mean, the, that's the, thing, to the like, movie. They teased Darth Maul. Are they going to do anything with that? Like on a Disney Plus show? Because like, if so, I'd be interested like, in it. I mean, they I mean, did something with them like, in Rebels. Cut down by right, but like they brought that to a close. They didn't bring this to a close. Like, Is this supposed to be... I know, like, Rebels, the time frame is around the 
Like, is that just supposed to show that he comes back in Rebels? It's like, the chron- chron- chronologicity. <laughs> it's not Chrono- a word, but it is. Chronologically? Hmm. No, like, the chronologicity, where it falls in the timeline. Hmm. It's it's unclear. Also, I just thought of one more unpopular opinion, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but I'm talking about it again. Um, Darth Maul should not have been brought back. Yes. I like, yes, yes, I like yes, what they did yes. with him. I like what they did with him after he came back. I thought it was, like, everything he was in was very good. But he should not have been brought back to start with. Like, who should it have been, though? I don't know. But he just... What character could fill that role well? I don't know. But it's just like... I don't know, I'm conflicted. Because I I like every episode of anything that Darth Maul was in. But in Rebels like or in Clone Wars. What done is... Given Count Dooku a cybernetic upgrade and have him back as Darth Dooku. Well, his real name starts Tyrannus, but... But he lost that when he got deposed, so he's no longer a tyrant. Darth Regnus. Hmm. Anyway, anything else before we wrap up? Like, what does that say about being cut in half by a lightsaber that Darth Maul is here? What does that say? (laughs) Well, I guess... Thank you all for listening to this episode that somehow had politics in it. That one's my fault. I am not apologetic. Um, a poli- a politic- apolitical-jetic. Yikes. Womp. Yikes indeed is correct. Um, what am I doing? We need to end this before I make a greater fool of myself really? than I already have. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at PodGeekOrthodox and on Instagram at GeekOrthodoxPod. You can find are those me on... really? Are those really all the... Uh, opinions put in the Google Doc. I mean, thing? a lot of them weren't opinions as opposed to topics that we could go into in other episodes or just make yeah. discussion questions in the actual server. Yeah, which, please Seems join legit. the Discord server, which you can find in the show notes. Very true. Yeah. Um, Seems legit. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Avatar. You can find Jared on Twitter at PT underscore NSTLGIA, all caps. And where can Jonathan, they find you they aside find from you? the Discord? If you don't have any other place, you don't have to say anything, but. If you have anywhere where people would like to find you. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I thought you were going to say it as part of your list. Oh. I can it's pull it up real quick. We have no, our usual cool. spiel, and that's our fault for not getting there sooner. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure I'm at Iron Cicada, and I am. Okay, cool. Huzzah. Yes. At see. Iron Cicada on Twitter. It is, it is, in fact, at Iron Cicada. So, it's... thank you all for listening, and... Please share with us your unpopular opinions in the Discord. And tell us your thoughts on our unpopular opinions. And we have a server for it that we can directly use to talk about. We do have a channel for it, so Yes. Yes. And we will geek out with you next time. Look forward to more episodes like this.